just moved in, huh? How do you know? I live next door to you. What happened there? Some kids from school. I'll help you. But you're a girl. I'm a lot stronger than you think I am. Can you hear me through the wolf? Only sometimes. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to the edition of the Saturday Matinee Movie Review. I am your host for the evening, Walker AC, otherwise known as Adrian. We are live, folks, or at least pre-recorded, or at least for digital download, or at least for something on the rather. But we are here, and we're going to be reviewing the movie called Let Me In. It's a 2010 drama, one hour, 56 minutes. And it is a tremendous movie. To talk more about it, we're going to delve in very, very well. And so you can always reach us here at walkerac76.podbean.com. That's walkerac76.podbean.com. And before we go any further, we'd like to introduce our special co-host for this episode of the show. And she has her own podcast, her own Twitter. You can find her at CerberusMagic at gmail.com. Her show on Thursdays, uh, Cerberus. Please welcome Mrs. Bradley to the show. Mrs. Bradley, how are you doing? How are you doing today? I cannot barely talk. Let's try this again. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, Adrian. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Saturday Matinee Movie Review. Past couple Saturdays, you know, life has gotten in the way, so we, we haven't had an opportunity uh, to do any kind of reviews, but this particular movie uh, we watched, we're going to talk about it. Before we get in too deep on it, the movie was shot in 2010. What were you doing in the year 2010? Hmm. 2010, I was working at a pet store in Virginia, and let's see... I got to play with puppies all day. I was, that's 11 years ago. So I was 21 and I had moved out with some friends of mine and we lived in a haunted house, literally. And uh, it was an interesting year. Mm. Now for me in 2010, I was living in Kissimmee slash celebration area raising a family, uh, working for a storage place, doing all that fun things, and busy Orlando driving an hour to work on I-4 there and back. It was a hoot, and 2010 was definitely a blur. Had its ups and downs, more downs and ups, but that's neither here nor there. We are doing fairly well for ourselves, we hope. Um, so we're going to dip right into it. Uh, once again, this title is called Let Me In. Um, it is an actual Americanized version of the 2008 Swedish film, Let the Right One In. Long story short, the film tells the story of a bullied uh, 12-year-old boy who befriends um, you know, a female um, about his age. And of course, you know, things turn out very differently. And the movie setting, it was shot in the 1980s. So before we go into it heavily, what did you think of the movie right off? And initially, what did you think of the movie? 
when I first started watching the movie, I was actually really excited to see where it was going. I had no idea what the movie was about. All I knew was that it was meant to be either horror or suspense and that it was set in the eighties. And, um, I just was very excited to see where this was going. Cool. Very good. So we'll jump right in. Uh, the movie is set in 1983 uh, in New Mexico. We start with the first scene. Um, there's a gentleman in a hospital bed and an officer all of a sudden shows up and wants to know what happened to the gentleman, why he looks the way he does. You really don't see his face right off the bat. Um, so, you know, of course, the officer asks, you know, can he talk? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he, you know, he's like, okay, who are you? Where are you from? Are you part of a cult? Stuff like that. And he asked, you know, the guy to write down um, anything he wants to talk about. And then he gets called out of the room on a phone call downstairs in the hospital. All of a sudden you hear a shriek and, you know, officer nurses run up and they see the man has fallen out of his, you know, out of his window. So that's where the movie starts. And you get an accord, and the uh, camera gets a close up on the notepad. Now, do you remember what it said on the notepad? I don't remember the name, but he said, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, and he's, uh, it said, I'm sorry, Abby. Abby, and thank you. It's his daughter. Because Cor- just a bit before, um, what the police officer was called out of the room for was because apparently the gentleman in the bed, his daughter was there to see him. Yes. So then, of course, you know, we go to, you know, of course, we see the, the gentleman underground dead. And then we go officially to the first scene. Now, what do you remember about the, about the first scene uh, as we go through it? Oh, goodness. The first scene was Little Boy, right? Yes. And was that the scene where he's um, having dinner with his mother? Oh, yes. Um, But before, you see him staring into a mirror with a mask on. Yes. Oh, gosh, that mask. (laughs) So what do you remember? um, Describe that scene. He is basically saying um, just derogatory things in the mirror, um, calling someone a little girl, saying that he's going to hurt the little girl, and just looking in the mirror and being very kind of violent, actually, towards whoever he's planning on being violent towards. Correct. And we really didn't know at first why he was the way he was. You know, you're right. He had on a very, very dark kind of mask with a knife in his hand, talking to the mirror, you know, saying, are you scared, little girl? Are you really scared? And he has his own room with a telescope, which he uses to spy on his neighbors. Because mm-hmm. um, we really don't know too much about the character. And his name was Owen, um, played by Cody Smith McPhee. And the way he looks, he's a very unique kind of child actor. Um, when you see his face, it sticks out, you know, and that definitely pulls you into the movie by the way he looks. And now we go to the scene where he's eating dinner with his mother. So I'll have you carry on. And of course, if you, you know, there will be some parts in the movie where I get lost, where you may help me out and vice versa. So go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, so he's eating dinner with his mother and um, 
He's not really hungry because earlier we see him eating a bunch of now and laters while sitting on a play playground, uh, singing the now and later jingle. And so his mother asks him if he had spoiled his dinner with candy, and he says no. And then she gets a call, and it turns out that it is his father who um, is separated from his mother. And um, they start arguing, if I remember correctly, and he leaves to go back outside. Yes, you are correct. So he sees, uh, well, of course, he sees a car pulling up and he notices um, an older man and a young girl moving in, moving its neighborhood pretty much. Mm-hmm. And they move next door to him. And of course, he's nosy. So he looks and he sees the little girl with, you know, with her father. He notices that she doesn't have any shoes on. And this is in the wintertime. You know, so, yeah, there's snow everywhere. Yes. So, of course, that's one of the little plot points that you're going to see as the movie goes on. So, continuing, the next day he's at school. And, of course, you know, he's in gym class. Um, and they're all, you know, talking about going to this is swim class. I'm sorry. They're all in swim class. And he's very nervous because he's a very thin, railed child. And he's nervous to be around anybody. But then we come to find out he has bullies. Now, what do you remember about the bullies? Oh, well, the bullies are quite awful to him. And uh, he doesn't participate in the swim class. He sits off to the side. And you see one of his bullies get in trouble because of messing with one of the girls in the swim class. And, of course, Owen smiles at that because he finds it humorous that one of his bullies is getting in trouble. Well, after swim class, you see Owen getting his stuff and getting ready to leave the locker room. And this is where we find out why Owen is saying, um, are you scared, little girl? And saying horrible things about the little girl. And that's because his bullies call him a little girl as they beat him up. So he gets beat up. And um, I don't remember exactly how it stops. I think the coach walks in. Oh, no, that's later on in the scene. What makes him stop is the bully, who we find out his name is Kenny. Yes. Um, you know, he's the main bully, and they have Owen down on the ground. They're giving him a hard time, giving him a wedgie and whatnot, and they stop when they find out that Owen pees on himself because, you know, he was so oh, scared. That's right. right. Absolutely. So, and that is part of the first scene. So, once again, we're going to jump around a little bit because we don't want to give too much of the movie away. Um, so we go, I believe it's later on that evening uh, where Owen is outside in the snow uh, on the monkey bar sitting down there um, playing on a Rubik's Cube. That's when the little girl walks up. Her name is her name is Abby. We come to find out. Yes. So they have a very small exchange because Abby doesn't speak that much. And Owen notices that she doesn't have any shoes on. And one of the major plot points of that is in their little small talk, Abby lets him know that we cannot be friends. Mm-hmm. And that kind of annoys Owen a little bit because, you know, his first instinct is, well, I don't want to be your friend anyhow. But she just warns him that we can't be friends. So as we, as we fast forward a little bit, we notice that the old man, her father, 
um, he is on the hunt for something. We see him um, drugging a young man, dragging him to the woods, and hanging up in the tree upside down. Now, do you wish to describe how it goes else from there? So when he hangs the young man upside down from the tree, he then slits the young man's throat and tries to capture all of his blood in a container. And he does so. And on his way back to the car, he, I believe he trips down a snowbank. Yes. And he drops the container and spills almost all of the blood. So whatever he was collecting that blood for, he now has only a small amount left. Yes. And we don't know why he's collecting the blood. You know, why he, why he was doing what he was doing. But once again, the, you know, the movie itself leaves it up to us to figure out what he's trying to do, why he killed that kid, why he took his blood, you know, what the purpose of it was. So it leaves it wide open for us to think that he may need the blood or someone else needs the blood. It just leaves it wide open. Now, I believe later on that evening, Owen is in his room. His room is right next to the neighbor's room, which is where Abby and the father is. And you hear a deep voice screaming and just berating, you know, the person in the room. We don't know who it is, but all we know is they're upset, you know, because of what happened. So you hear this dark, deep, guttural voice just screaming and yelling. And so once again, we don't know who it is. And we move on to the next scene to where, you know, um, Owen is at the park again, you know, playing around. Abby walks up to him and they start talking. They actually have more dialogue and they have something in common. Owen is playing with a Rubik's cube and Abby gets interested by it. But before we get to that part, Owen asks Abby, how old is she? Now, do you remember that part? She tells him that she's 12 more or less. And he doesn't quite understand what she's saying, but kind of takes it at face value and kind of moves on with that. And she is fascinated with the Rubik's cube and he tell asks her if she knows how to do it. And she says, no, but that she likes puzzles. And so he leaves it with her and tells her to give it back to him the next day. And so that's how they leave their conversation for the night is that she has his Rubik's cube and she's supposed to give it back to him that next day. And he goes in to have dinner with his mother. The next day he comes out to go to school and the Rubik's cube is sitting on the, on the jungle gym, monkey bars, what have you fully done. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a little bit part in there, which both of us kind of skipped over. Um, after asking about her age, and of course, you know, she says 12 more or less, he looks at her feet. Of course, she's not wearing any shoes. And he asked her, you know, aren't you cold? And she kind of mutters under her breath, I don't get cold. Which, of course, you know, which leads, you know, the, the movie watchers to think about whatever they want to think until as, you know, as the movie goes on. So we're going to jump around a bit um, to where once again, we look inside Abby's and the father's apartment where, where the father is getting all his gear together to go out again. And, you know, as, you know, as he's getting his stuff together, Abby puts her hand on his shoulder and he turns around looking very somber 
and he asks her, you know, please do not see that boy again. Because Abby and Owen are slowly slowly getting slowly closer. Getting closer. Slowly. Yes. So now, later on that night, now the father, whose name is Thomas, he goes to get another victim. He hides in the back of another car. Now, as it goes on, coming to find out, he is discovered. Now, I'll have you take it from there. What do you remember from that when he's found out? Oh, gosh. He's discovered and... Honestly, I don't remember much about this part. I know he tries to get away and he basically shows back up empty handed again. All right. Now, the fun part is, and of course, I'm going to break a little continuity here. Um, J-Lo, has, JLo has joined the room. Hi, JLo. Welcome aboard to the Saturday Matinee Show. Um, so he goes in the back of the car and, you know, of course, you know, you know he waits for his other victim to come to find out. The victim has a friend in a car with him. So he has to literally lay in the back of the car until they officially stop. And they stop at a gas station and get gas. So one boy gets out, he attacks another boy and drives off. And of course, you know, you know, during driving off, he avoids another car, gets an accident, and he flips the car. And they flip down the trench. So the boy dies. And I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead and take over. Oh, no, I was just agreeing. Yes, um, this is actually a little further down in the movie than um, the point that we were in, but this is where he gets burnt. He flips the car, and um, the people people were coming after him because he had stolen the vehicle, and he couldn't get out of the car in time before it caught fire. Yes. Um, and so, so not, so not to be found out, he takes, <laughs> oh, good Lord, he takes a jar of concentrated sulfuric acid and pours it on his face, which burns his face and his hair so he, can't, so he cannot be recognized. And you're right, we kind of jumped around a bit. Um, we find that um, Abby is getting hungry. You can hear her stomach growling come to find out before all this happened. And so, so she sits in kind of an alleyway and then a jogger, you know, runs by her and of course sees her without any shoes on. He stops and asks her if he's, you know, if she's okay, you know, mm -hmm. she says she's cold and wants to go home and the jogger asks, well, if you can walk, um, Boney has joined the room. Hi Boney, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And, uh, so Hi, jogger picks her up. All of a sudden she attacks him you know, in a very, very violent way. And, you know, of course you can hear the bones crunching. You can hear, you know, the blood curdling scream. He falls down and you see her instantly sucking on his neck, draining his blood. So this is when you get the first glimpse of who Abby really is. So is she, in your opinion, Mrs. Bradley, is, is she a vampire? Is she a ghoul? What did you perceive her to be? I perceived her to be a vampire. Um, ghouls are slightly different. Ghouls mostly eat dead bodies versus vampires. They drink the blood and the fact that she doesn't age because she says she's 12, you know, and that she, um, that she needs the blood. And also before she went into the alley, um, Owen had mentioned to her that she smelled funny. That she smelled odd. And so after she attacks the 
uh, jogger, she is around Owen again and asks him if she smells better. And of course he says, yes, she does smell better. She smells nice now. And I believe it's at this point in the movie that she now has shoes. Um, for whatever reason, she managed to get shoes because I think she wants to be more human. And at this time also, she starts getting closer and closer to Owen. They spend more and more time with each other until eventually he starts showing her, you know, different places. He takes her with him to buy now and laters. And um, you find out that he's been stealing money from his mother to pay for his strange candy habit. And she he takes her to see this room in their building that one of the older tenants that used to live there used to use to hang out in. Ah, and this is where it gets interesting. So she asked him, you know, of course, as he puts on music, because it's an old hangout spot from, you know, some of these older kids and whatnot. And he plays music and soundtrack is amazing, by the way, but I digress. Uh, so they play music and she asked him in a very innocent way, well, what do you want to do now? And as he thinks, you know, he's like, okay, close your eyes. Now, of course, we imagine that he's going to, he's going to kiss her. But instead, he pulls out a little switchblade and he cuts his thumb because he wants to have a blood, a blood patch with her. And of course, as soon as she opens her eyes, she sees the blood dripping on the ground and then she turns, not necessarily turns, but her eyes turn, her face turns a little bit and she kneels down and starts licking the blood. And of course, you know, that, you know, that reveals you know, her vampire form. You know, I'm, I'm going to agree with you and say, you know, she's definitely a vampire. And then, you know, to protect Owen, she just runs off and runs outside. Now, is this the part where she finds another victim in the dog, yes. the lady? Okay. Do you remember that part? Yes. She is so frenzied because she licked some of Owen's blood and she's kind of in her vampire form with like bloodshot eyes and her skin having all the veins all over them. She climbs up in a tree and is looking to see if there is another victim she can have. And uh, one of the couples that Owen had been spying on, um, a young man and a young woman that argue quite a bit and then they become amorous. Um, they're walking and they're arguing and the woman has her dog. And Abby jumps from the tree and attacks the woman and starts drinking her blood. And she gets basically chased off by the man. And then um, the next thing we see is in the hospital, the woman has been taken to the hospital and basically was said that she was attacked by a crazy person, like a homeless child. And they don't know where the girl went because she didn't have shoes on. She looked, you know, possibly homeless and possibly crazy. So the nurse goes in and is talking to this woman about how lucky she is. And the woman sees her IV and she's getting hungry and she's just not feeling the, the best. And as the woman leaves, the, the, um, the patient, the woman that was attacked, takes out her IV and starts drinking her own blood. And she's drinking it voraciously like she can't get enough. And the nurse comes back in and comments on how lovely the day is and opens up the window 
And all of a sudden the patient is freaking out and has caught fire and is starting to burn. And then of course there's oxygen in the room. So the nurse also gets caught on fire and the room essentially explodes. So that again is another thing telling you that Abby's a vampire because she managed to turn her victim um, with her venom and this victim combusted because of the sunlight. Yes. And so a scene like that, you did not see coming. No one expected that you know, to happen. It was a nice little freak out moment. So I really enjoyed that scene. Um, and of course, like I said, we're going to bounce back and forth a little bit. Um, we're going to go back to at the park where once again, um, Owen was bullied by Kenny and his goons. Mm-hmm. And that night, he has a little bandage on his face, and Abby asks him what happened. And, of course, he confides to her that, you know, he has a bully, and she let him know that he must fight back. You know, if they hit him, hit harder. You know, if, you know, if there's three of them, hit harder, and she will always protect him. So that leads to the next scene. But before that, of course, we go back to the father, Thomas, of course, who, whose face is all burnt, by the sulfuric acid, and we backtrack and actually shows what happened to him. Abby goes to visit him in the hospital. And of course, you know, they won't let her in, you know, because she has no shoes on. And, you know, and of course, the father's a suspect. So she climbs outside the building, up to trust everything. You see her pouncing back up and, you know, like up into his room, which is what, like on the fifth floor or something like that. I think it was a higher floor than that. I believe so. And, you know, she, she, she knocked on the window and she asked, you know, the father, you know, if, you know, if, if she can be let in, he opens it, he opens the window, lets her in. Of course he can't speak or anything cause he's so badly burnt and he sacrifices himself to Abby. And that's how he falls out of the window and dies. Now, I believe, I think I might be off here, but I think Abby came by Owen's before. She came by his house before, and she asked, can can she come in? Now, I'm going to ask you. Oh, after? That's after? Okay. It's after, yeah. So I'll, I'll have you take over because there's something behind the point of her asking, can I come in? Yes. So she, um, after she drinks Thomas, and he falls. She goes straight to Owen's place. And she knocks on the window. And she asks him to let her in. And he goes, well, yeah, I mean, can't you come in? And she goes, no, you have to say that I can come in. So he does. She tells him not to look at her. And she takes off her clothes and climbs into bed with him. And she's freezing. So he tries to warm her up. And I think they talk. And then they fall asleep together. And a little bit before morning, she leaves. Uh, yes. Uh, he asked her, can they go steady? Because he has oh, a yes. problem. Right. And at first, you know, she says no, you know, because she doesn't want him getting too close. And of course, you know, he's, you know, I mean, he gets, re- you know, he gets really rejected. And she asks him, she's like, Owen, if we go steady, does anything have to change? You know, so he says No. And so she agreed to go steady with him. Now, this is before 
um, you know, like the blood pack that which he tried to do before he discovered, you know, that, that she was a monster, I guess. Um, so, so we're going to fast forward a little bit here. Just keep up with us, people. Uh, <laughs> so after he sees her turn to whatever she was and she ran off, she came by his house later on that evening and knocked at the door asking if she can come in. You know, and then, of course, you know, she explains to him why that is. He asks her, are you a vampire? Now, when he asked her that, did she say yes or no? Re- refresh my memory. If I remember correctly, it was kind of noncommittal. Okay. And then, of course, you know, she explained why, you know, that Owen has to agree to say, you know, she has to come in. So, you know, of course, you know, so... um he went to her house. Actually, I stand corrected. He, he went to her apartment. He looked around. And, of course, we now find out that Thomas, the old man, was not her father. He was actually just a little kid, just like Owen. And, of course, he grew old with her, helping her get blood, stuff like that. And, of course, that freaked out Owen, so he went home. Mm-hmm. Later on, you know, she knocks at the door. He opens the door and she asks, you know, you know, if he, you know, if if uh, she can come in. And Owen doesn't answer. And he's like, "What if, you know, what if I don't give you permission to come in? What happens?" She walks in the door, turns and looks at him, and she starts shaking and convulsing, and she starts bleeding out of every orifice in her body. A very shocking sight. And then he finally, you know, acquiesces and he just says, "Oh my God, yes, you can come in. You can come in. I'll let you in." And he told her, he asked her, he goes, well, if I never said you can come in, what would happen? Would you die? And she really didn't say too much after that. And of course, he cleans up, she gets a shower, they get dressed, you know, and they have a nice little, finally a kid moment, you know, know, where they can talk and actually have fun until the mother comes home. So Owen grabs Abby, you know, runs her into his room, she jumps out the window and jumps next door, and that's the end of the evening. So now I believe the third scene is when Owen goes to school and they go on a trip to uh, ice hockey. Do you remember that? Yes. They go on a trip to ice hockey and um, Owen is trying to stay away from the bullies and they are not staying away from him. And so the teacher is distracted because a bunch of the kids start screaming and while that's going on, Owen has pulled a metal pipe out of the ground because he knows that the bullies are coming for him. And he's taking her advice. He's going to fight back harder. And um, as he's fighting back harder, he's, his thought is, okay, if they come at me, I'm going to hit him with this pipe. So, of course, they come at him and he hits Kenny in the ear with the pipe, splitting his ear halfway open. And so while Kenny is freaking out, screaming, crying, laying on the ground, the teacher goes over to where the other kids are screaming, and they find a dead body. Who is the dead body, you might ask? It's the jogger that Abby drained and killed and was um, had tricked into basically feeding her. So... Um, they pull him out of the ice, and I know that they're... They were um, investigating that. And, um, gosh, I know that I don't remember exactly what happens next. I think he goes, 
Ah, uh, he's at the he goes to the principal and his mother gets involved and I think she thinks it's because of the divorce. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And um the next thing I remember is that he's back at school and that he had swim class again and somehow some way he ended up with just the bullies in the pool i don't remember exactly how that happened do you oh absolutely we're gonna take a pause right there because we miss we miss a, um, a really important scene but you're right so that is actually the final act this leads yes. us to, this leads us into the final act of course owen and, owen and abby are close of course but we forget that the detective is looking at clues, searching for things that are going around, knocking on doors to see what, you know, mm-hmm. see if, if anybody knew the old man. So, um, Owen and Abby spent a night together in, in Abby's home and whatnot. Um, so Owen's asleep on the floor. He, he wakes up and sees a letter from Abby saying that she is in the bathroom asleep. You know, please do not wake her up. She'll wake up at night. You know, if she wakes up during the daytime, she'll die. So we hear the detective going from door to door to door, knocking on doors. He finally knocks on Abby's door. Owen is very quiet, looks in a peephole, and he steps on a creek in the wood, which makes a really loud sound, which, of course, startles the detective, you know, who, of course, kicks open the door, tries to find out what's going on because he hears footsteps after that. So Owen hides. The detective looks around the apartment. He sees, you know, monies stolen wallets, stuff like that. And of course, you know, he figures this is a place where it all happened. And he's looking around the house. He finds the note. And then he goes into the bathroom. Do you remember that part? Yes. He goes in the bathroom and he finds Abby and he's, he's freaking out thinking this little girl is hurt. Right? So he tries to wake her up and when she does wake up, she attacks him, absolutely attacks him, starts mauling him, and he's trying to get away from her. And he's trying to get out. And I, if I remember correctly, Owen is the one that ends up killing him by putting his knife in him so that Abby could get him. And Abby takes him into the bathroom and basically just feeds off of him and then closes the bathroom door and goes back to sleep. Correct. After you know, after the officer is dead, um, you see Owen turn, turns his back and puts his hand over his eyes because he hears what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then you see behind him, Abby walking up behind him all bloodied and nasty. And she tells Owen she has to leave. Yes. And, and then you see her, you know, getting in a taxi later on that evening, driving away. The final scene is, before we get to that, we realize why Kenny is a bully. We realize, you know, why he is the way he is because his older brother is a bully and calls him a little girl. That's why Kenny refers to his victims as little girls. Mm-hmm. So in the final scene, of course, um, Owen, along with other students are in a swim class practicing. The coach is teaching him everything. Kenny, his older brother and a couple of the bullies do a little scheme where they have, you know, like to set some trash can on fire 
and they tell the coach there's a fire. Coach runs out. They lock him out of the building. They have everyone go out of the building, and they trap Owen all by himself. This is is the part where the older brother pretty much drags Owen into the swimming pool, dunks his head underwater, telling him if he can hold his breath for X amount of minutes, you know, he'll only cut his ear off. If he tries to get out early, of course, you know, he's threatened to be killed. What's interesting about this final scene is the bully, Kenny, was showing a little bit of remorse as his older brother was trying to drown Owen, pretty much. And the bullies were showing just a little bit of remorse here and there. But now you get the perspective of Owen underwater, flailing about, almost ready to die. And then you hear something breaking through a glass. And all you hear is literal bones and flesh and something tearing as Owen is still being held underwater. And then all of a sudden you see bits and pieces of the bullies being in the water. Now, granted, I'm not laughing because of death of bullies, but I'm laughing it's just, just because it's so bizarre how it happened. All you see is Owen underwater from his perspective, and you just hear the screams and the crunching, and it's really gross to hear, but you know that Abby has come back to save him because Abby told him, I will protect you. So Owen finally gets out of the water. He's gasping for air, and then you see a pair of bloody feet walking up to him. Now, do you remember the final scene as we close out this movie? Yes, the final scene is um, you see some people on a train and a conductor walking up, taking people's tickets and things of that nature. And eventually you get to Owen, who's on the train. And he has this giant box with him, this giant chest. And he um, gives the conductor his ticket. And then he leans down and um, throughout the movie, we forgot to mention um, Owen and Abby had been using Morse code to speak with each other through their walls. Um, And so basically they would talk to each other if they couldn't see each other. And so you see him lean over onto the chest and starts knocking out a message in Morse code and she responds. And that's basically the last thing we see. Yes. So once again, this movie was was made in 2008 by a Swedish film called Let the Right One In. It was redone in 2010, and it was labeled a romantic horror film. Um, I have a couple of opinions on this movie, but Mrs. Bradley, we'll start with you. What did you What did you think of the movie? I genuinely enjoyed it. I thought it was a very interesting addition into vampire lore. It takes a lot from different types. And being that it's a Swedish movie, that makes sense with the type of vampire that they went with. Um, The lore in that part of the world is that vampires, A, turn you by biting you. B, are not able to be in the sun. And C, are very, very, very strong, can fly, and can um, tear you to pieces. So that kind of vampire is the kind that we see in this movie. And um, I thought it was a very interesting take on it. Because you don't usually see, you know, children that are vampires. The most notable one I can think of is... um, Claudia from Interview with the Vampire. And of course, we all know that she died a horrible death. But um, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. I thought it was very interesting and a very fun 
and uh, new way of looking at things. Of course, I love vampires, so it worked. Now, I watched this movie back in 2010, 2011, and I thought the same thing. The movie was a great movie, but watching it again with you know a different pair of eyes, I looked at it one of two ways. I looked at it as Abby looking for another partner, you know, to feed her habit. Um, because when the old man, you know, was ready to go where he couldn't do it anymore, you can tell he was old and haggard and just ready to pass on. She needed somebody new. Mm -hmm. And so she saw Owen and she knew that he was weak and she knew that he was, you know, easily swayed. So I think that she knew he was the right one to carry on her legacy and to continue to, you know, to feed her and carry out her, you know, and carry out her, her mission in other words. Yeah. Which to me kind of makes sense with the original title that the right one in. Um, so she let the right person into her life to help her to continue to live. Um, because we know that Thomas, he was just like Owen and I forget what point, I think it was when he was being yelled at that Thomas um, essentially said to her that he was just tired of it and he wanted to get caught. So, you know, at that point he had to be gotten rid of and replaced. So, of course, she's going to use the, um, the person that she has there that is vulnerable and sad and easily swayed and malleable um, to turn into her little, I guess, errand boy. Yeah. So, I mean, it can be a romantic movie, but yet then again, it can just be another horror story to where someone new is being used. So, yeah. you know, um, it's either one way, it's either one way or the other. It all depends on how you look at it. And the good thing is this movie is still available to watch. Of course, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Tubi, I believe. You can find it on um, Hulu. Now, what I just found out was interesting is there's actual a comic book miniseries prequel called Let Me In Crossroads. And it was released after the movie and talks about the backstory of Abby, how she ended up the way she ended up. Absolutely. And that's something that I'm going to download by nefarious means and read it and check it out. So that's definitely something I want to, I want to look at again. So what would you grade this movie from like on a scale of one to 10? Hmm. Well, being that I don't really believe in perfect scores for anything, um, I'd give it probably an 8.5 cause I truly enjoyed it. I liked the way it was done. I still think about it in certain parts of how interestingly they did certain things. Um, so I'd give it about an 8.5 cause I did truly enjoy it. Yeah. Very good. I give about a seven or an eight. Um, it's one of those films that I can watch over and over and over again and still find new things, especially since it's a remake. I'm curious to find out how the remake is. And now the comic, I'm curious to read the comic book as well. So I like this movie. I highly recommend anyone to go watch it, especially if they're into just, it's a, it's, it's a horror movie, but it's not gory. It's not graphic. It's just a good suspense film with like a little jump scares here and there. Yes. Thank you for that full throated endorsement. So, <laughs> 
Yes, it, it, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. So as this show comes to a close, we'd like to thank Mrs. Bradley again from the Cerebus show on Thursdays. We thank her once again for joining us for the Saturday Matinee Movie Review. Um, where can people find you if they want to get in contact with you? Well, if anyone wants to get in contact with me, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Cerberus Magic. And you can also email me at CerberusMagic at gmail.com. It's spelled S-E-R-B-E-R-U-S-M-A-G-I-C-K, Cerberus Magic. And uh, I look forward to hearing from anyone and everyone. If you have any ideas about what you'd like me to talk about or just want to talk to me about something um, or just want to, you know, follow the weird stuff that I post on my Twitter, go right ahead. Cool. Very good. And like I said, you can find her, uh, myself, secret shows and whatnot on the Walker AC Experience uh, brand. On, online at walkerac76.podbean.com. And of course, there's always links below. You can find the show on free formats, whether it be Amazon Music, whether it be Stitcher or Apple Podcasting. Of course, Mrs. Bradley, thank you so much once again for joining us this week for the Saturday Matinee Experience. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. Cool. And very good. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time.